Welcome to Kiss and Tell, where we discuss modern media and culture and how we fundamentally believe the world of advertising and media is shifting based on technology, digital, social, and user behavior. So join me and my guests and what that means, why it matters, and what we should be doing now. I'm your host, Blake Markey. Welcome to Kiss and Tell. Last episode, last cast, 2017. I'm here with me, Todd Lombardo. <laughs> How I, you doing, man? I didn't know if this was going to happen. It's pure madness these days. And to carve out some time to record our podcast is a tough thing to do, but here we are. Yeah, it can be tricky, but you know, you got to stick with it. You got to do it. You got to play hard. So yeah, this is the extra punchy edition because it's uh, Tuesday afternoon and uh, we're punchy. Yeah, this is it. It's not yet. <laughs> we usually record on Fridays. So this is, this is nice to start early in the week, I early know. in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so what's going on? Man, I'm just, we're just trying to close up the end of the year. Um, you know, planning some new stuff for 2018, Kiss and Tell. We have a couple new programs that we're going to be launching next year as well uh, that we're really excited about and we'll announce to you uh, probably in January. If you like beats, you might as well, might like this. If you like some beats. Yeah, if you like beats. Um, we might have a new special guest host, part of the Mistress Radio Network coming on to uh, to interview some folks, but we'll see where that goes. But all kinds of really exciting stuff. And if you have interest on in doing a podcast yourself, you're here in Los Angeles, near Santa Monica, have a free hour, hour and a half of your day. You feel like talking into some microphones. Parking not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's a very welcoming place. But I'm guaranteed I'll be here. Todd might be lingering. I'll be around. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what I'm just, what I'm distracted by right now is... Um, all the Golden Globe nominations that came out, I think it was yesterday morning, right? And this is what I found particularly interesting this year, is that the fact that Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon have more Golden Globes combined than like ABC, CBS, NBC, wasn't even a surprise. Yeah. Like a year ago or two years ago, it was always like, oh my God, the streaming networks, they're taking over. Oh my God, they're so disruptive. And now, now it's not even a big deal. And I think with Hulu winning the Emmy for Handmaid's Tale um, has really sort of permanently changed an expectation. And now it's almost like, well, Netflix better get a number of nominations, which they did. Right. Um, and while Stranger Things is usually in the mix, which it is, I also like to see The Crown in the mix, which, by the way, season two just premiered and it's so awesome. Oh, I got to get on that one. I'm, I can't. I just finished your favorite show, what? Stranger Things. Oh, I yeah. kind of was like, it was a little emotional. I was, I was definitely, uh, I could have cried a little well, bit. Yeah. And you know, what is really interesting, the way, the way we, we watch these shows now, like we call them TV shows and we call them episodes, but really they're just like 10 hour movies. Yeah. No, they're not exactly. 10 segments. I was, I was actually at a couple, I have a couple things about Stranger Things I want to throw out there and I, okay. want, I want your opinion. And one, they're two different, one's like a business opportunity. The other one is actually how they might continue the show. All right. And tell me if I'm crazy. Well, Stranger Things 3, I think is confirmed. Is it? Yeah. So they should be listening to you. So yeah, I mean, we have a lot of <laughs> friends at Netflix. So if you're listening, Hello. you can have this idea. I'll Free. give it to you. No charge. But I think, I think Stranger Things could potentially be the beginning of like a Marvel enterprise, right? Because they introduced... 
the other, I think number eight during this. Yeah. But they didn't really follow up with her, but she had a different special power. Yeah. Eleven, still alive, very young. Like what is she in twenty five years? Yeah. Does she die? Is she yeah. live forever? But I feel like there could be like essentially like a Star Wars type thing where they can go jump yeah. way far in the future, go way back in time. Yeah. Like but the I whole feel universe. Like, but I feel like they're creating like potentially because they have to get around, you know, the the Marvel Disney enterprise. Yeah. This could be their franchise that they could grow millions or not millions, like tens or twenty characters off of. Well, it's um the it's so funny you say that because one of the topics I wanted to chat about is related to this, which is there's suddenly a news peg out there. I think it's in Variety magazine last week um, about how all these moves Disney is making is to really crush Netflix once and for all, which is the whole rumors about taking portions of 21st Century Fox and the two upcoming streaming services that they're that they're planning. Yeah. And um, they they look at Netflix and Netflix with all the money, uh, all the investment in original series, Amazon, Hulu, um, even Facebook and YouTube, investment, investment, investment. And then you look at Disney and they're not really on that front line of, of streaming. And you have to think as Disney takes away their shows and their movies from Netflix, they own a ton of IP from, you know, Star Wars on. Um, and Star Wars, by the way, is another topic we should talk about since The Last Jedi comes out on Friday. Um, maybe they do have to do that because... The thing that is really interesting about IP, intellectual property, is that it is already ingrained in people to have a baseline of knowledge. So when we talk about launching a show or launching a movie for one of our clients, one of the key sort of strategic challenges is always, well, if it's a show no one's ever heard of and no one, you're starting from scratch. So we've got to really break through and explain to people what the show is and why they care and where they can watch it. But oftentimes we'll have a show that does have an existing IP, whether it's based on a book from a famous author or something like that. That's a whole different strategy because then you got to go find the people who are already fans and start there. And so what Stranger Things does, which you're right about, is to say, okay, if we can keep this going and not mess it up, we have a built-in audience of millions that we can build a whole world around. Yeah, and all it would take is that success to, to just hit Disney so hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. I also think, I mean, part of me also feels like, you know, as much as I love those franchises, I'm a little, I'm a little burnt out on them. Like I kind I think of, you have a thing. I think you've created a thing. Franchise fatigue. Yeah. I have franchise fatigue. Yeah. I've seen enough. Hashtag, you know? Yeah. I've Except seen enough. for uh, Deadpool <laughs> was pretty epic, but that was like a massive anomaly in the mix of all those. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly have trouble keeping track of which superhero belongs in which universe, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't follow that as strongly as I wish I could. But I mean, I think where the other ones rely on new, new people to grow into it. Yeah. Um, Netflix, you know, doesn't necessarily need that right now. So they're, they're coming out of the gate and you know, they're, they're able to look at things a lot differently and they don't, they yeah. don't necessarily need, you know, the huge comic book franchise to exist to, to make their own thing. You know, they are using the Punisher right now, which was a smaller, yeah. smaller Marvel, uh, comic, but you know, still amazing. But, who knows? I, I mean, I, I doubt it's in the cards, but I just thought it'd be an interesting thing. Cause I, I, I could see myself seeing that and watching yeah. that. Yeah. Well, so I feel that if not in 2018, maybe 2019, the Netflix strategy of spending more than everybody else on original content has got to shift or evolve in some way because 
for every Stranger Things is a show that maybe won't make it into its own universe or will get canceled after a couple of seasons. And there's a lot of really good shows out there that maybe don't lend themselves to that. Like Atypical is a great show. Ozark is a great show. Um, but they don't lend themselves to that world. So eventually you have to invest in something new. And I don't know how much bigger you can go than $7 billion a year and get the return. And the other thing is you've got 100 million plus global subscribers for Netflix. How much bigger can that go? And there's all this talk about how in short form, short form video content, there's some challenges around publishers are not able to monetize it and grow it like they thought they could. BuzzFeed has challenges. Vice has challenges. Mashable has challenges. And that was that was a massive topic a couple weeks ago that we were talking about yeah. with um, Conde. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And um, so then you say, okay, if short form has trouble, is long form going to have trouble as well? Because they're running into the sort of the limits of time, which is we only can watch so much stuff. And even discovery is becoming more of a challenge. And uh, there, there's, there's a, some series that you might start and not really make it. I started a series that was a Netflix original based out of Germany called Dark, and it seemed really compelling. And it was um, something to do with a village and time travel and death, and it was dark. And it was in German, which I don't mind. I watch subtitles all the time, but it wasn't subtitled. It was actually voiceover American English. Oh, wow. And with different actors, voice actors, which totally just was a horrible. Like, was there like the moving lips with nothing coming? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what it was. It was odd. I would have preferred to keep it in German and just read the subtitles because I don't speak that's German. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, dog. so I don't know what's going to happen, man, but I feel like, I feel like we are on the cusp of, of another round of change the current sort of Netflix in the lead with Hulu and Amazon right behind and HBO right behind. And then in, in sort of the short form space, YouTube and Facebook, something's changing. I don't know when, but something's changing. Just investment can continue from. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes back to, you know, looking at serious radio yeah. and how they eventually hit subscriber growth over content costs and, and the formula didn't work actually crushed the stock. Yeah. Is that before, is that, um, is that before they merged with XM or is that after? Yeah, it was before. It before. was like they, yeah. they, they tried to bring on Howard Stern to crush XM. Yeah. And then I, I think I Howard that. brought a lot of people over, but it just wasn't, it wasn't enough to meet the, the speculation of what their, their number growth should have been. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, their, and their content suffers from it. I mean, they don't even really, they have, they have, they have a lot of good stations, but a lot of it's like repurposed TV and it's like, you know, you have like D-list like musicians <laughs> like or people like us doing <laughs> shows. We're doing our little radio podcast here. But, you know, well, yeah, there was even the uproar this week about, you know, well, if Steve Bannon's doing a show, then I'm not doing a show on Sirius anymore. So there's the constant challenge around content. And, and I feel like we are just so content mad right now. And I think we might look back at this era. I feel like we're in the... God, I could be so wrong. I hope I am because I love TV, but I feel like we're in the, the dot-com era for original content right now. Just like, oh yeah, 500 shows make sense. Why not 600? It's like, yeah. oh, and then we'll look back and be like, oh God, what were we thinking? Who's going to watch 500 shows? And I'm like, well, that's the problem. Nobody's yeah. going to watch 500 shows. So cord cutting has potentially uh, well, cut the, all the cords? So there's a bright spot that I think is, which is I think sports is a bright spot, an interesting bright spot. And interesting in the sense that Netflix doesn't really have a strategy that I've seen around around live sports. 
But uh, one of, some of the big news yesterday was about the reported Verizon NFL deal where they're going to expand their, um, their streaming partnership for another like $2 billion in five years or something like that. They already had one in place. So what would that, what would that cover? It would include the Super Bowl for the first time. Okay. So you could stream I, the Super Bowl via your Verizon device. I kind of I kind of hate how the NFL is carving up their games, the games. across yeah, it, like, a little bit over here for Facebook, a little bit over here for Amazon or Twitter or someone, yeah, a little just, bit over here for Verizon and sometimes you can get them both. Well, what's made it what's what's it, it's created is a problem for us as watchers. It's made viewing much much harder. Yeah. Do you know that like <laughs> Uh, when I sit down to decide to watch something, I have to like set time aside now to figure it out, right? Like, okay, what am I going to watch? What's on? You Where need, do I find it? You need the universal TV guide now. I know. It? It's like T- TV guide, if you're listening, you have a real, real good opportunity here to help us. Come back. Come back. <laughs> um, and, you know, what's, what's, what's fascinating is I had, a, I had a couple friends listen to our podcast and they had said, you guys talk a lot about entertainment and about, you know, streaming. And... And I think the reason we talk so much about that, not only just being fans as viewers, but also that it's entertainment as just as where it's at now is the perfect intersection of, of uh, like movies and TV and digital. Just those two worlds are colliding in such a perfect storm of, of things that are interesting yeah. that we find ourselves gravitating back to it because some of the most interesting things in modern culture are happening in that space right now. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, it's the medium that we play in the most. Yeah. Right. So if we're not in broadcast, we're in digital and social and there's, there's really, you know, unless you consider out of home, there's no, not many other places to go yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, this was the year the digital yeah. finally, I think, I think is the year that they finally uh, pushed back past uh, linear TV in terms of, of, of ad spend, which is not a surprise. I remember that in the nineties being like, digital is going to outpace TV sometime <laughs> in the future. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think you can spend that much on banners. But, you know, look at where we're at now. Yeah, you can spend it. Oh, man. Well, it, dang. It's going uh, to be an interesting 2018. And, I, and, you know, I actually also thought I think I really enjoyed talking about the entertainment side of things yeah. and the progression of Netflix. And if you, look at, if you look at Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, like all these, all these stocks even that are, yeah. you know, these companies that are just, you know, so heavily watched by the markets that the the pressure on them to perform and innovate is just massively interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I find a little scary about 2018 is, is what could happen with the whole net neutrality piece, which I think they're voting on, um, FCC is voting on this week. And, um, what I find scary about it is the in the potential for unequal or unequal access to content and services on various digital platforms. So what are, what are some of those, Actually, you know, I, I feel like I know a lot about yeah. it, but at the same time, too, if you ask me some questions, I'd be like, geez, I don't know. Okay, so um, the way net neutrality is playing out is currently right now, net neutrality is the thing that is the rule, whereas all content has to be tra- treated equally. So I have internet via Time Warner Cable. They can't make my Netflix stream slower because they don't like Netflix. Everything's treated equally, and it's sort of blind access. As so would they would they want to get money from Netflix? Like where does, where does the, like the manipulation or the monopoly come in? (laughs) Manipulation and monopoly. That never happens. Um, so, um, if net neutrality is pulled back, one of the outcomes is that 
the internet ends up being treated more like how cable is now where there's bundles. So for example, and no one's offering this as a service, but it's the speculation that, that I've been reading about and I, as I understand it, which is to say, oh, you want basic internet that includes email? That's 10 bucks a month. Oh, you want the social package, which includes Facebook and Twitter? That's another $5 a month. Oh, you want the streaming package, including Netflix and Hulu? That's another 15. Oh, you want unlimited web, including e-commerce shopping sites? Oh, that's another 35 bucks. And so one potential outcome is that the people who own the pipes into your house, whether it's Time Warner, whether it's Comcast or Verizon, whomever it is, can then start splicing that up into levels and layers. And suddenly you've got, you've got cable bundling problems all over again for the internet. And the thing that, that is scary to me is from an innovation standpoint, for every giant Amazon, there's an upstart that could be the next Amazon. But if no one can access them because no one has open web, then how do they get traffic? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, and I'm, I'm not a tech technologist by trade. That's why you described I, it so perfectly clear, Todd. Oh, okay. Um, I hope that makes sense. I could be completely wrong, but that's, that's how I understand it. And that's why I'm slightly frightened about it. Um, I don't mind paying for internet access. I just want all the traffic to be treated equally. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, what if you discover some brand new blog that you want to read and then you like click and it's like, oh, sorry, you don't have the independent blog package. Do you want to add that now? And it's like, oh, brother, you know, I just, I think it's one step closer to, to, um, not free speech. Yeah, no, that, that's like North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we'll have 12 websites. Well, we're not there yet, but you know, (laughs) we're, uh, could be headed that way. Who knows? Um, yeah, so net neutrality this week. Let's see what happens with that and, and how that sets us up for, for the new year. And uh, I just, I'm excited for 2018 because I think a lot of, a lot of things are going to shift. And some of it might be scary. No, definitely. I mean, I, I, think, I think even as we're planning for the agencies 2018 as well, there's so much great stuff on the table. But then there's also like as every year yeah. with, with running an agency, it, it changes so yeah. dramatically. And we're always always moving at a pace that, you know, you tell yourself if it doesn't feel uncomfortable, should you be worried? Yeah. So there's always this little hey, bit yeah. of uncomfort uh, yeah. with, with coming into the new year and looking at, yeah. looking at the business. So the, the life takeaway is live outside, live outside of your comfort zone, be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can understand that. What's on your, uh, what's on your uh, Christmas list this year, Todd? Um, other, than, other than a new microphone from Santa Blake. A new microphone from Santa Blake. I was thinking about getting the um, the new Amazon camera device for my house. Oh, right. Not Amazon Key. Just the just the camera, because I've got two cats who need to be watched at all times. Yeah, I do not trust. They're them. acting up, right? I do not trust them. I sense they go through the house when I'm not there. Um, I, no, but the Amazon Key I do not want, because I was reading all these like horror stories online of like people just letting like people in their house to deliver packages and stuff and. I just don't want that. Where are you going to put the camera? Like what's, uh, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, forget it. Cause you gotta get like AB tests certain areas. I got an AB test to make sure I can see things. Yeah. Are you only getting one? I don't know. But I think that, um, and if you've noticed, oh, so if you noticed, I don't know if you've seen it, like w- when you watch Hulu, for example, and there's ads, one of the ads I see is for the Google home devices and they're like 29 bucks now for the basic one. It is a crazy mad dash, I think, for market share right now. And I think Amazon, I think Amazon's pretty much a leader in that space in terms of home devices. So these home devices, so home devices are like the speakers. There's Amazon like Echo Show, which is audio and visual. There's the cameras that Amazon has now and a bunch of others have now. Mm-hmm. Then there's things like 
like the ring camera for outside the home. There's the nest thermostat pieces. There's all these things are vying for smart home development, which I'm not a huge fan of. I don't need my refrigerator to get my milk for me. I'll do that myself. Thank you. But I do think there's some sort of innovation in home that has yet to be fully realized. I feel like it's internet 1993 where we didn't know what it would become. And that's how I feel. And I think, um, Amazon Echo and the Google Home devices, and I guess Siri less so, but Apple's device is delayed again for their home device. So um, I think 2018, if you would ask me the one thing I'm gonna pay attention to the most, it's it's the home devices, um, sort of AI piece to it. My, um, yeah, my sister was actually talking about, this is really interesting, and she was saying that there's, so Amazon Alexa, she lives up in San Francisco, but she was talking about how people talk to Amazon Alexa and there's no like, please or thank you. Yeah. And this couple she knows, they have like a four or five year old that is grown up with Alexa in the house. And he's actually lacked manners because of, he's like, Alexa, turn on the lights. No way. And so he's had issues when he's come to, when he's come home from school, he's had like notes from his teachers saying that, <laughs> Um, your son is very demanding, doesn't know how to use his manners. And uh, I was like, man, it's so funny. Now when I talk to Alexa at home, I'm like, oh, should I just, you know, just to be polite, even I know she doesn't care. Should, should I be say nicer thank to you her? And please? Oh, should I be nicer to my Alexa? I mean, I mean, seriously, it is, it is crazy how it's 2000, going to be 2018 and all this futuristic stuff is, is becoming real. It's just, yeah. I mean, for right now, it's, it, for me, it's a little fragmented unless you want to invest Correct. a ton of money and, and hope the tech doesn't change on you next yeah. week. But, uh, it's still that, you know, and that is the thing. It's like, if you go back to the founding of Apple and what it stood for and the whole idea of a closed system, I understand that original vision because the world in which we live now is not that vision. That vision did not come to light for everyone. So you could have like your Netflix, you could have your Spotify, you might have an Apple Music or iTunes account, you might have your Amazon device. They're not really completely connected. All of them have pieces of it, but they're not all connected. I mean, I think I texted you this like at 5 a.m. one morning last week or something. Yeah, last week where I was like, oh my God, Amazon Prime Video is finally on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just got added last week and it, it was like, I have, I have an Apple TV device. I, I have a Roku device somewhere in the house, but it's not plugged in. So for anyone who's interested in watching Amazon, but they use Apple TV, it's an extra step of HDMI cord or, or you have to cast it from your computer or another device. A little to bit of TV. work It's there. a little bit of work to like get it. So, you know, I just didn't get on Amazon Prime Video as much as I would have liked, even though I'm a Prime member. So now Amazon Prime Video is the first icon on the Apple TV. Wow. And any, what, what was the reason for that or why do you know? Because um, there, there's an ongoing fight between Google, Apple, and Amazon, and they all like take shots at each other and then they be nice to each other. So like even this week, um, there's something going on between Amazon and Google where, where Google won't let YouTube videos play anymore within an Amazon environment because their Amazon made them mad about something else because they're not selling or they're not promising certain sales for the device that they're trying to sell, that Google's trying to sell. So there's all sorts of fighting that goes on between these three companies all the time. And I think Amazon, six months ago, uh, Apple said, Amazon's finally coming. And it 
they'd promised this year and you know, December is this year. And so there it is. I think they finally came to agreement and I, you know, took just a minute to set it up. I had some minor password issues, but you know, (laughs) from your 1996 Amazon account. Yeah. Yeah. Through some email. Um, so I had to, you know, deal with all that stuff normally, but now that it's there, it's like another option. So now you look at the top, top line, it's, it's Amazon, it's Netflix, it's Hulu. It's, um, Actually, those are pretty much the one. Oh, and HBO. HBO. HBO Now. And then the second line, you've got... Showtime a, and all those. Showtime, Stars, the other HBO yeah. for cable authentication, and then there's a bunch of other ones. But uh, yeah, I'm super psyched. I think it's good. Well, I think I, I mean, even going back to Apple's strategy of having a closed uh, network, Yeah. if you think of the closest thing from like a lifestyle standpoint, Amazon has you covered right there. Like If you think of it, the utilitarian of what that network or what that website, whatever you want to call it, that company does for you. It, it helps you essentially in real life, you know, Mm -hmm. just from a, just from a, a, like a a consumer. Yeah. And, uh, if, if there's any company that's going to close the loop in your house, it's going to be Amazon. Amazon. Guarantee it. I have said this a million times. Amazon isn't always first, but they tend to get it right. Eventually they just except except for their mobile phone, which is a complete disaster. They, (laughs) <laughs> oh god yeah, except for that they tend to just take small moves and then they course correct and keep going yeah. and keep going and it's never as elegant or like no if they shiny made shiny as apple if they made a product like the iphone i mean i might be tempted well they made right? the fire uh, the fire phone but for, no it, it was just, horrible it, but it's it, also it, too it, soon like was, you they're going up against apple when they were just so hot yeah, yeah. You, know, you couldn't do it yeah yeah and uh so Amazon is like the nerdy tech brother who like the device he builds in the basement is like ugly with mass tape on it. But when he plugs it in, it works miraculously. (laughs) And he made it from that like Chinese street market where you can buy like any tech piece or like microchip to make something. Yeah. You can find anything in one of those markets, which is, which is the whole (laughs) plot of gremlins from 1984. Um, <laughs> well, it is Christmas time. Yeah, that's, that's a Christmas true, yeah, movie. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go look on Amazon Prime Video tonight and see if it's Gremlins, probably showing. Gremlins is on there. Um, they, they did have the 1935 version of uh, the Scrooge movie on there, colorized and everything. <laughs> it, was, it was bad quality, but it was a good movie. Um, and uh, um, I completely lost it. I'm sorry. I just said Amazon so products. Just Amazon. Being... So uh, I, think, I think paying attention to Amazon really matters in 2018. I think paying attention to voice activated uh, AI devices really matters in 2018. And even when we're going into um, new business pitches often, or even with existing clients, we'll come in and say, you know, have you guys thought about Alexa? Have you guys thought about what you're yeah. doing with Alexa? We've, we've searched for you in the, in the Alexa store and we can't find you. Here's what we think you should do. And uh, because I feel like it's the early gold mine land rush of keywords but in the era of like voice of yeah. voice that's trippy yeah so that's how i think it is because you look at keywords now on like google search or whatever and it's it's full yeah and they're valuable and they're valuable oh or it's like buying domain names yeah in the early 90s can you buy like a voice domain um it, it gets a really a little bit complicated because there's all sorts of of things about naming the brand and you have to say it a certain way and you can't really use unbranded necessarily. There's all sorts of little nuances of things you have to do. Like Alexa play podcast kiss and tell. Yeah, that would work. 
or so for example, if you wanted to own something, say your HBO, you, you could say something like, Hey Alexa, what's on HBO tonight? Yeah. But less so, Hey Alexa, what's on TV tonight? That gets a, that gets a little bit trickier, right. like, which is, can you as a brand own that expression? <laughs> so it gets, it gets it, to be a little bit complicated. I, I had a funny moment where I was like, Alexa, like what football games are on today? What and she that? actually answered me, but it, I was, it was funny because she was going on, she like started out in college football and it yeah. took like 20 minutes. I, I just wanted to like, I let it play in the background yeah. to see how long, how deep the list was. And yeah. It was epic. So she didn't, so she didn't really answer the question because what she you just were, rattled off every football game that was what on. What you that were day. really asking is what's on that I can watch. No, right. I was looking for football games. I was, I should have said like what NFL game is on today or when do the New England Patriots play? Because that's what you wanted to watch. That's what I wanted. I was just was like, just kind of. So what? So what's interesting is as we get to the next generation of voice activation, the current one is almost very literal. Yeah. So you, you own ask, you own the top of a hey, what what football game was on? And it's like whoever pays the most gets listed higher. That I think there's a paid component, but I also think there's a natural language learning component, which is I think Alexa has to get to a place, or any of them have to get to a place where they either learn who, what you like which I think some of them can do now, right? Or they know how to ask follow-up questions. So when you say, yeah. hey, Alexa, what and what football games are, are today? She can answer, well, if you want to know the ones that are on TV in your house where you live, right. these are the three or whatever it is, you know. Um, but these are all the games you want to hear all the games because the real question you're asking is what should I watch? Yeah, yeah, that's so she funny. So she can't infer that yet. Or she hasn't been trained yet. Someone's out there. Teacher. Teacher. She'll get she there. She can learn. She can learn. She'll get there. So um, that's my favorite technology for 2018. Do you have one? I'm, I'm right there with you. It's actually one of the, essentially it's the only technology that I've like brought into the house yeah. that I, that has like replaced other pieces of tech in yeah. my house. Like for example. So, you know, my speaker system, I yeah. very, very rarely use. It's replaced to a large degree the iPad. Cause I don't, you know, that used to be the, the functioning piece to go through speakers for music. Yeah. And so I don't know. So I, I think there's something there. And then it also replaced, you know, a simple thing like the timer. <laughs> right. And then my phone to a certain degree for, you know, what's, what's the weather outside, you know, and yeah. then your computer for, you know, for news. Yeah. So who knows? I, I don't, you know, it actually, it's kind of affected a lot of my, my time with other products. So, and, um, you know, what I find really interesting about that is, so if you look back at the history of broadcast, the first like radio broadcast, I was doing research for some article we were writing and it was like 1905 or 1906 up in Boston, outside Boston in Massachusetts was the first AM broadcast of some kind. And that was like 1905, um, so over a hundred years ago. And over the years, we've gotten more complicated, you know, newspapers and magazines and TV and then cable and then internet. Now all we talk about are like five second ads and mm -hmm. YouTube videos and VR and 360, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, the two things that I think are growing the most are back to really simple things. Number one, podcasts, right? And number two, voice activation, which is goes back to a really simple audio only engagement. Yeah. There's something really interesting in that and finding new ways to be creative in those environments. And, um, I wrote an article last week about podcasts and, um, 
what I found by listening to some podcasts is there are some best practices in podcasts that TV marketers could really take note of about the, the big insight was not how long is the ad? The big insight was how disruptive is it? Mm -hmm. And one of the ones was for, you must remember this, which you know is my favorite podcast. And one of the mid roll ads was three minutes and two seconds long. But it was in the in the host's uh, in the narrator's voice. It was very calm, just like her podcast, and it didn't and it related to the show, and it didn't seem interruptive at all. It just seemed like really flowing. It was three minutes. Now you try to put a three minute video ad in front in in middle of Facebook content or a YouTube vid, and you're going to have people freak out. But for whatever reason, it, it worked. And there's also, you know, Panoply Network, Gimlet Media, there's all sorts of podcast networks out there now that are, that are figuring that out. And some of them are trafficking really not that great ads, but I think the audio only thing is going to have another round of innovation. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those, it's interesting because it like, it's like, what can you take away at its purest form? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, things will happen. Yeah. So it goes back to, you know, the first radio frequency, uh, radio broadcast in 1905. And here we are in 2018 and the things that are them becoming innovative again are voice only. So yeah. I love that idea. I love the idea of being innovative. The next thing I want to see is um, the next thing I want to see innovated is books. <laughs> I think books are so boring right now, and they need a new way to to think about them. How you tell stories, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, I think there's something new that has to happen there. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I guess uh, audio books. You got Alexa will just start reading them to you when when you're like in the proximity of like. 10 feet of her. <laughs> yeah. But even the structure of a story with like chapters and part one and part two and part yeah. three and, and conflict and resolution. Like, I think there's just something new and different there. And oh, it just, also, just like the whole, the whole concept of storytelling, yeah. but it also applies to shows, but it also applies to marketers telling stories with advertisements. And if you look at like, we were looking at some of the Christmas ads that are out this year. Like the one that, that ad week wrote about this week was the, was the Coca-Cola one with Santa and the elf and it was really an interesting way of telling a story. So this elf, basically the long and short of it is, and we'll put the link in the, in the write-up. The long and short of it is the elf was really in love with this girl and she wanted to see a picture of his 30-foot tree that he supposedly had that he didn't have and he needed Santa Claus's help. But the story was told through like Instagram posts in the TV spot. Like he would show his yeah, yeah. posts on Instagram and sh- or show his tweets or whatever. And it ended up showing the different social accounts of S. Claus and the girl and the elf. And it just, uh, I mean, it was for Coca-Cola. So it all comes back to that brand. But And Coca-Cola has always been connected yeah. to Christmas. Um, but I found that to be a really innovative way. To show all that stuff to off. To show all that stuff off and storytell. And uh, so I found the ad interesting. It was good. I thought it was interesting. Did you pick up a Coke? Um, I, I did, actually. Yeah. I did. No, I actually did. I bought the little um, seven-ounce versions cans yeah all right yeah because i really like coke but i don't need 12 ounces now I, I actually i I tried to drink 12 ounces the other day at the airport and i could have about four sips and then you're done and i was like i kind of got what i wanted out of it you know <laughs> and, I was done. and then I, I started feeling guilty for drinking it but yeah well I yeah, like, should i finish good. this i paid for it i paid yeah. airport prices for it i yeah. should finish it i know but um no my other idea for coke is i think they need like three ounce pellet cans because just what you said like even the seven ounce cans that i have they're like only 90 calories and my issue, I don't care about the calories. Like I just, I just need a tiny bit. Yeah. 
I think they should come up with three ounce pellet cans, which are basically shots of Coke. Like the three hour energy stars. Yeah. I would totally drink that. Put it in the fridge and drink it and yeah. just all you need. That's, that's true. Yeah. Maybe just like sips. So we'll have to tweet Coca-Cola and let them know. Coke sips. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Done. Okay. Copyright Blake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything you hear on this podcast. It's copyright. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what I'm excited about. And uh, over the holidays, I'm going to try to get offline a little bit. Maybe hit the beaches in uh, Maui. Nice. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to. My, um, speaking of getting offline, my, my, my Apple phone, the phone charger died on it. Uh-oh. So I can't, it'll it, like hit or miss if it charges. And yeah. I was out of a phone for like three days. You were? Yeah. And it, I feel, I felt good. So you were basically like an early episode of Friends. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That existed without phones. Yeah. I was like, what do I do? And then I just filled my time up. I was fine. Yeah. You didn't but miss I was like, in breaking news every 10 n- minutes? No. Well, also, I, you know, I just came back from Mexico. Oh, yeah. And I didn't look at the news once. So asked, that also felt good. But it was, it's kind of like, um, I don't know what the, the, how much time it takes to like get over an addiction or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, oh, should I look at Instagram? I'm like, eh, not really. I'm it yeah. right now. You yeah. know, so I, So how many days were you offline? Only like two days. And did you feel normal after those two days? I didn't notice like a, a big shift okay. in me personally, but just my, my behavior once I got my phone back online, yeah, was I was a little more hesitant to open up the phone to look at it. Oh my gosh. It was weird. I was like, I realized myself thinking like, ah, I don't want to open it. Wow. And there you go. All right. So I don't know. So, so the takeaway over the holidays is everyone needs to get a rest, turn off yeah. your phone and go outside. Even just for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, a day and a half. I've been like, Put it on right now because the battery still doesn't charge, so it's on yeah. airplane mode. Yeah, even that has like kind of helped. So I'm just on Wi-Fi. Oh yeah. So I don't really get any any texts or anything. Uh-huh. You know, it's like a couple things if you're an if you're an Apple phone, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's just mellow it out. All right. So so maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe that's why I, maybe I have so much energy right now. You just, do seem really I energetic. I haven't man. been like staring at my phone. I thought maybe you hit the coffee machine. <laughs> it could though hunger thirsty oh god all right well ty i love i love alexa coming into next year yeah i think we're aligned there good um you know i think we discussed a couple things for the podcast going next year as well so hopefully we'll uh you know kiss and tell 2.0 uh got some got some fundamental lessons we've learned it's been an awesome year the feedback has been so helpful from from listeners oh yeah the feedback from Um, listeners we loved it and you know (laughs) i think it's funny because we're trying to be really formal and talk about business things, but you also just have to be very personable because if you sound like a case study or like a, you know, like a white paper, no one's going to listen yeah. to you. But the feedback we've gotten is people, um, while they, which we mentioned just before, is like, you guys talk a lot about entertainment and Netflix and stuff. Um, that's, that's some feedback we've gotten. So maybe next year we think about broadening it or who knows, Yeah. but there's a reason we mentioned why we're passionate about it. But, uh, the feedback has also been, you see, all seem very personable. And you guys have great guests. So um, just uh, I want to go. I want to say thank you to all the people who joined us this year. Shewa and Kylie and Kylie and Maggie. Mags. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. They they were they were troopers. They were like, yeah, I'll come in and talk about it. What do you want to talk about? Well, we'll figure it out. OK, sounds good. And they just like, <laughs> came in and winged it and they did great stuff. And so I think in 2018, we got to we got to get those people back and do more of that, too, and get different points of view. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll dial it up. And, uh, you know, one of the things Todd and I talked about, too, is this, like, how how in-depth can we get about, you know, running an agency or talking yeah. about our clients? And it's been one of the 
one of the tricky things for us is you can't really give up any any IP or yeah. talk about that stuff too openly. But uh, we're definitely working on getting more perspective from other people and what their business is like and yeah. how we can actually talk about it in an open way where it doesn't give away any, any trade secrets. But it does teach. <laughs> but it does teach. And we try to, yeah, I guess try to be a little, yeah. little more Because Blake, Blake doesn't talk about it a lot, but he's also a teacher. Yeah, that's true. I do talk. Which I talk, talk a lot on Mondays and Wednesdays. Super admirable. Yeah, it's been, we just actually just finished the year. Oh, you I'm did? on I'm on holiday uh, or winter break. Yeah. So Blake runs an advertising agency and also is a teacher, which is pretty admirable, I have to say. <laughs> good work. It is. It's, it's good being a teacher. I uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. Nice. Even though the schedule can be tough sometimes or yeah. the students can be, be hard on me. Schedule tough schedule is called Welcome to Living. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Don't it's a I'm an adult. I'm officially an adult. adult. I'm an adult. Schedule sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh guys, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the year and an awesome holiday. Thank you so much. Talk Thank to you, you later. This is Kiss and Tell. Later. We'll see you next year. See ya. Here at Kiss and Tell, we appreciate the support from our listeners. You can learn more about us at Mr. Stud Agency. Subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store or learn more about modern media culture at medium.com front slash mistress agency. <laughs>